Yeah. I feel like people don't. People don't wanna rep their city, man. Red city. I rep my city. Portland 503, I need to stand up right now. OG, wanna see with G? We got what you want. We got what you need. Come and light it up, up. Come and join the team. We got what you want. We got what you need. Come and light it up, up. Come and join the team. Blazer. Good afternoon, Rip City. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Blazer Gang podcast. Before we get started, do me a favor. Go hit that like and subscribe button on whatever platform you're using. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Music. I'm your host, Boyd Urban, back again. Today marks a milestone for us here at Blazer Gang. We're recording our 20th episode, and it's on the eve of the first round matchup against the OKC Thunder. I want to take a quick second and personally thank all of our listeners, wherever you are, because without you guys... We wouldn't be here today doing what we love. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Blazer underscore gang on Facebook as Blazer gang and on Instagram as official Blazer gang. We've got some watch parties planned for the away games at Alberta Abbey. It's a theater up on Northeast Alberta Street, 126 Northeast Alberta uh, in Portland. It's free to the public to attend. We want to get a full theater there. Uh, Flamin' Hibachi food truck is going to be there uh, with some food in case you get hungry. And then for the home games, we'll be at Spirit of 77. Uh, if you can't make it to the Moda Center, Spirit's the next next best thing. We're all going to be there watching. We want to pack the house, so come out and join us there at Spirit of 77. Also, if you're looking for some new gear to rock this postseason, check out Cultural Blends in the Lloyd Center Mall. They've got all our t-shirts there for sale as well as our brand new Beast Mentality shirt printed by the talented team over at Portland, Inc. You don't want to miss out on those because they're going to go fast. All right, guys, logistics aside, we've got a playoff-packed episode today. We'll be dishing out our predictions. We'll hear from Rob from Up the Thunder on Twitter for some uh, information from the opposition. We're going to do a little oppo research here. Uh, But that's enough from me. Let's hear from our co-host today. First up, we got Chris, Ailey Alex. Chris, I'm glad to see you're doing all right, man. Hopefully your back's feeling a little softer. Man, it, it's been a rough 24 hours, man. Got in a little car accident the other day, you know, leaving work, boom. Hey. Crazy part, the guy took off. Man. So we're still looking for him, but you we know. We'll find you. <laughs> I bet you he's a Thunder Eason fan. Say. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, like I said, we're all glad you're here and, and safe. For sure, so for sure. We're stoked on that. And uh, also, we've got the Tibetan terror, Wang, oh. over here. Hey, you like that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Wang, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm I'm excited. We're talking about playoffs now, man. This is this is it. This is where it all comes and accumulates to everything we've done this past year. We'll see what we can do now. You know, Wang, I know you're a betting man. Do you have a line going yet? <laughs> I do, actually, on Bovada. Um, I just was testing the waters. I haven't put my bet down. But if I put 30 bucks on the round for the Blazers, uh-huh. um, I get payoff 46 bucks. So uh-huh. multiply that by however much you want to bet. And, you know, I'm feeling pretty strong about it. All right. Uh-huh. I might have to look into that. I've never actually really, like, a, I've never bet officially on a sports event. But I've, I've done it with friends, yeah. but I've never done it through, like, a site or anything. I have no idea how any of that works. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's start off. So Bleacher Report did this little like uh, article they released like two days ago where it was the top 50 players in the NBA playoffs this year. First off, McCollum, I know he's coming off an injury, wasn't listed on there at all. 
you know, you had Thaddeus Young, Brooke Lopez, guys like that that were out there towards number 50. But no love for CJ. He's averaging like 21 points a game. You're not telling me he's a top 50 player in the playoffs? No, hey, CJ, in my opinion, he's top 50. You know, anytime he's healthy and he's on the court, he's top 50. Because mm-hmm. he he gets buckets, man. He gets buckets. He does a lot for our team. Yeah. You know, that goes without saying, but top 50, most definitely top 50. He's such a smart player, too. Like, he does he does his work in the offense. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like some guys, <clears throat> Westbrook, that, uh, you know, <laughs> have to, have to like, you have to shut down everything for them to go get their points, you right. know, and everybody just stands around. But Wang, do you agree with that, I'm McCollum? I mean, I disagree with Bleacher Report. You're cutting the league in half, and you're telling me he's not in the top 50? Yeah, right. That, that doesn't make sense. I mean, he's top five in pull-up field goal percentages, him and Dame both. You know, mm-hmm. he's a catalyst on our team. He's, we're in the top, we're the third seed in the, the high West, Western Conference. I yeah. don't understand how the pundits aren't like literally putting that You're up telling there. me the three seed, or I guess with uh, the three seed, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that the three seed in the Western Conference only has one top 50 player? Right. But not if even that though. Put Amino out there but too. our backcourt, you know, with him and Dan, yeah. we're top two, you know, so. Yeah. Exactly. And the, here, here's my thing. If you're going to say that the three seed in the West has one top 50 player, that guy better be in the, in the MVP race. <laughs> I see. I like your yeah, thinking. that doesn't make sense. I like that. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, it's either, or, okay, coach of the year, it, mm-hmm. something's got to give. Right. <laughs> uh, but hey, they did rate Lillard at number eight, which when I, at first my reaction was eight. But then I looked at it, and it was, it was pretty accurate because they had guys like KD and Steph, uh, Giannis above them, you know, Harden. So, you know, I can't argue too much with that. Uh, hopefully Lillard can back it up this year. Uh, but speaking of coach of the year, uh, Terry Stotts, he's not in the running that we know of. He might get a few votes here or there. But he's back-to-back coach of the month these last two months. And it seems like every year the Blazers overachieve. But nobody ever wants to talk about him. They don't. I mean, the Blazers, we never get our credit mm-hmm. or just do. And with Stotts getting the back-to-back coach of the month for the past two months, like that speaks volumes, especially all the injuries and everything. Mm-hmm. I think he should have some consideration for coach of the year. You know, I mean, they went seven and two without Nurk and CJ, you know, and they didn't plan for that. And, you know, everybody in the world counted us out. They thought we was going to go yeah, we were only eight nine or, you know, lose the last 10 games of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, with having both both of those guys out. But Stotts and the crew, Dame, they they yeah. kept the uh, the ship afloat. So And it, it really doesn't make sense. We were talking about this in the last podcast, how um, Terry Stotts wasn't even mentioned in the top eight to nine coaches yeah. for the coach of the year award and Come he's getting on. these he's getting these coach of the month awards back to back how are you yeah. not going to tell me that he's not going to be there bro that, his outfit do the math his, yeah. his oh, outfit man. in the last game Jack that, Ramsey, he deserves man. to be in the in the so conversation the white yeah. white all leather laceless it was shoes. swag surfing right there man <laughs> swag surfing I love it when he does that he, he'll do it a couple times a year it's always on the last game and there's usually like one or two peppered in there right he comes out in a different plaid suit right but I've never seen the white leather shoes. <laughs> I don't think on anybody. No, that was yeah. different. That was, that was yeah. some seventies prom attire type stuff right there. <laughs> no, shout out to Stouts for that look, man. Right, that's a whole nother level. <laughs> so we're gonna get we're gonna uh, talk to uh, some Thunder people here later on. Uh, but I want to get your guys' take on a couple of these matches before then. Uh, the big one everybody's obviously talking about is Dame versus Westbrook. 
they had some words exchanged in the last game, you know, where uh, Westbrook's been saying he's been busting Dame for years. Mm-hmm. Stats don't necessarily agree with that. It's actually been fairly even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's going to be a heated matchup. It's kind of like fire and ice. Like Westbrook is all, you know, rah-rah, fire. You know, he's got to be in your face to get himself going, whereas Dame's like cool and collected, but he'll drop 30 on you and just stare at you as he walks down the court. Hey, Dame will drop 40 on you and walk <laughs> off the court, all right? Let's not I, mistake that. I do like that fire and ice reference because uh, tomorrow is the season premiere of Game of Thrones season eight too, so. Okay, yeah. okay. Little little Game of Thrones plug there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other one, other big one, uh, Steven Adams and Ennis Cantor. You know, we all know Cantor played for OKC. There's a little, maybe a little bit of bad blood there with uh, with Adams because they're both in the same position, uh, center. Um, Cantor, you know, it's a tough matchup defensively. Although he has improved this year, I feel. He has, but one thing with Cantor, though, like Cantor runs the floor. Mm. You know, he's one of the top big men that runs the yeah, floor he constantly. He like, he's going to make that other center work, yeah. you know, forever how long Cantor's on the uh, court. So that's something that Cantor does have in his favor. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to see how uh, Adams keeps up with uh, Enos. Yeah, I'm just curious how their relationship, because um, they were like referenced as the Stash Bros back then when they were in OKC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember actually, that. Yeah, I totally were actually, forgot that. They were actually really good friends, and they lived together, and they catered uh-huh. to like Westbrook's MVP nomination and stuff like that. They made a cool yeah. uh, video about that. So I'm curious how um, this is going to be on the court. I know that both of them you know, have a good, good standing relationship with each other, but... It hey, should be, you know, but that anything. that got to go out the window. Yeah, right. that's, the I lines, mean, that's you know? how like that's how Dame was saying to uh, about Westbrook and his press conference about how like, you know, they're really good friends off the court. Hey, man, I talk. How's your kid doing? Mm-hmm. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah, stuff like that. But on the court, you know, I'm I'm putting everything on the line. I don't care who you are. I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm about to take it's a, it. It's a dog fight out yeah. there, you know. And plus, with uh, Dame and Westbrook, you know, they're both from Cali. You know, yep. the ones from from the town Southern and the ones from Cali, LA. You one know, so so. That's something to look into also. That's funny when you said that uh, Cantor and Adams catered to Westbrook and his MVP. The first thing that I thought of was like, what, did they give up their rebounds? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that too. (laughs) That's the first thing that came to my mind was them just being like, hands off, let him get the board so he can get the stats. Because, I mean, you watch an OKC game, it does happen. It does happen. You could say it doesn't, but it does. (laughs) And Paul George and CJ, they're not necessarily a matchup one-on-one, but they're both integral parts of their team coming off somewhat of an injury. Uh, I think CJ is probably a little bit further along the recovery. He's, he's, you know, close to 90, hundred percent now. Whereas what I've been seeing with Paul George is it's the other way. His is a new injury on his shooting shoulder that can have a big, big impact. Cause if that takes him down from, you know, MVP George to, you know, just quality player, uh, that's a different series. I think that's why we struggled a lot of the times this year with OKC was Paul George was just like on a even, different level. Yeah, out of this world. But even a quality PG is still oh, like yeah, top yeah, yeah. notch, you know? He's so, still very yeah. good, but uh, but it's just, it's a different dynamic. Right. You know, if you don't, if he's going to get 30 instead of 45. For sure. <laughs> or, or a 45 with a triple double, you yeah, know? So, yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. For sure though. So we'll, we'll have to keep a close eye on that because either one of those guys 
you know, might have limited minutes. Although CJ has said he's not going to have any restrictions. Yeah, he said no restrictions mm. on that. But if something, you know, flares up, that can change real quick uh, since both of those are like really, really fresh injuries, you know. So that worries me. I mean, I don't I don't think CJ is going to go down, but just uh, just for the sake of, of conversation, it does worry me that, you know, if he did have to miss, a, you know, a game three or something because his knee flared up. Right. Like that's that's scary. Yeah. But that's why the next guy got to step up, though. Yeah, we, next we, man we up. Got a, we got a, a full squad, you know, deep bench. So we'll no, see. We saw that against Sacramento. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out very to uh, very Anthony, you know. Yeah, yeah. Game. Shout out to him and Skull. Mm-hmm. But uh, I couldn't believe in that game that Anthony played 48 minutes, yeah, along with the other the guards. Like, I've, I mean, I play a 30-minute game at the gym, and I need a sub. Right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's nowhere near the same pace. We need a timeout. We need a five-minute break. <laughs> right. Right. And speaking of timeouts, uh, we got our uh, man on the phone, Rob, coming up. So let's take a quick timeout to hear from our sponsor. We got what you want. We got what you need. So this episode of the Blazer Gang podcast is brought to you by the Cedar Hills Killer Burger location. You can find them at 2905 Cedar Hills Boulevard in Beaverton, Oregon. From the bender to the meathead to the peanut butter pickle bacon burger, they've got something for everyone. Every burger has a third pound all beef patty and comes with bacon on top of that. Stop in today and who knows, you might just run into their owner. You may or may not know him as Oregon Duck legend LaMichael James. So go ahead and check them out. Tell them Blazer Gang sent you and commit to the burger. So we got some breaking news coming across the wire right now. Apparently, Nurkic showed up to the practice field today, today on Saturday to give some support to the guys before the game tomorrow. Uh, to me, that, that means he's going to be at the arena tomorrow. And, and it's going to be lit. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be lit. Just imagine him like walking out, you know, through the tunnel. Nobody knows he's going to be there. Cause like I wanted him to be I, all week. I'm like, man, I wish he could be yeah. there. But I'm just like, dude just had surgery. He probably can't walk still right. like, on his own. But yeah, that's going to be a huge, huge uplift just for the team morale and like fan morale like getting everybody's spirits up and you i'm just i just i'm just picturing it in my head like i'm getting excited now that i, I heard that i was already excited for the playoffs but now i'm like i can't contain myself like yeah. i want to go shoot some hoops right now because <laughs> when when the motor center shows his face on the screen Oof. that crowd is going to be so loud i'll be able to hear that from spirit and uh bo yeah. from, <laughs> bo from our blazer gang team was actually talking about how when wesley matthews got hurt uh-huh. uh he came in with his iron man suit against the memphis Grizzlies in the playoffs. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the torn Achilles. Yeah. But it just it just means a lot. Like you saw it in the uh in the NCAA tournament when the Auburn guy got hurt and he kinda mm-hmm. came in the wheelchair the next day and his team saw that and they rallied around him and they won that game and continued on. Hopefully that can give us a, a similar effect tomorrow night. And don't or tomorrow don't, don't let us get those two first home games a series. Oh, okay, she's gonna be in the in the hole after that. Oh, if they go 0-2 in Portland, that's oh, yeah. that's tough. That's tough because I feel confident about winning a the game there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't, maybe not both of them, but I feel confident about getting one. That being said, let's uh, check in with our guest here today. Let's take a moment to uh, get Rob on the phone lines with us. We got what you want. We got what you need. So on the phone with us right now, we've got Rob Searles from 
up the thunder on twitter that's at up the thunder uh you can find him on twitter all over the place he knows everything Bla- uh, not blazers that's us thunder <laughs> basketball uh rob man what's going on how are things uh, over there in okc well i can't speak on how things are going in oklahoma city but um up here in minneapolis still pretty cold still uh recovering from a recent blizzard but i'm sure it's a lot warmer down there in oklahoma <laughs> So you're, so you're, are you a transplant fan or, or did you come from OKC and move to Minnesota? I actually went to school at the University of Nebraska and it was just when the Thunder were getting started Mm -hmm. and just kind of a geographical alliance there and became a fan out there and here we are. I see. Yeah. So you got that Midwest connection from, from, uh, school. I see. Exactly. Well, uh, as you know, Blazers and Thunder are going down tomorrow at 1230. Uh, Let's look back. Let's take a second. Let's just look back at some of the games this year. So Blazers have been swept 0 for 4 against the Thunder. Last year, I think it was flipped the other way. So what's your take? I know uh, all these games are are single-digit games. Uh, Two points, nine points, you know, eight points. What's your take on uh, kind of what's happened so far in the season. Well, not, not necessarily what you expect going forward, but all these games have been battles. And in my mind, you know, a couple of bounces here and there, they could have gone either way. So from the outside looking in, the 0-4 is a little bit deceiving to me. But how do you feel about that, Rob? No, I completely agree. You know, the Blazers and Thunder have always kind of been some back and forth physical games over the years. I know last year, I think the Blazers swept the Thunder four zips, so it's just kind of a reversal in that regard. But like you said, um, a couple bounces here and there. I know that in the second, third games, the uh, Blazers missed a ton of open threes that you know we've oh, grown yeah. accustomed to seeing them make. So uh, the Thunder are prone to you know some. Uh, defensive lapses and I think that like you said the ball just wasn't bouncing for them and if the Thunder kind of get complacent or you know lack of days go with their defensive coverages I think Dame and McCollum are going to be more than capable of making them pay for it so it's going to be a good series no doubt about it yeah one of those games the the third one you mentioned the Blazers weren't shooting that well but one thing that stuck out to me is Burton and Felton combined for 33 points is that is that normal in Oklahoma City? No, it's not. And I know that third game, well, Deontay Burton's kind of garnered quite the fanfare in OKC circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, an explosive kind of a, a rangy player, like 6'5", but he's kind of undersized for a big. But um, in that particular game, Jeremy Grant was out, and Burton was forced, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that next man up mentality. And I think he had something like 18 points, hit a bunch of threes. I know he had a couple blocks, I think, on Leonard in the rim or at the rim. Yeah. So uh, he's capable of, you know, spurt moments like that. But I can't imagine him getting many, if any, rotation time this series. But, um, yeah, it was just kind of a kind of a fluky performance out of him. And, and Raymond Felton, kind of circling back on that, I'm always curious. I've never gotten like a precise answer can you guys fill me in on why portland is just so up in arms with raymond felton 
Who wants to take this one, boys? <laughs> oh, wait. Because I'm. I mean, well, Raymond Felton, you know, he gained a lot of weight, especially when he came to Portland. And I mean, I feel like you want to explain more about how he gained, why he gained the weight. So it was, we got him the year when it was a lockout, right? And that was, yeah. his, that was his first season here. So there was that, you know, three or four month period with no basketball. And, it seemed to me like he expected there to not be any basketball all year long. And he wasn't really oh boy. working out and keeping up on his body because once that season started, like he was definitely a little on the heavier side. And, uh, that's kind of the rolling joke in Portland. Now he, he's kind of like, like, everybody's got a different nickname, like cheeseburger Felton or, or cupcake <laughs> Felton. Uh, cause I mean, there's a lot of good food up here in Portland. Don't get me wrong, but that, that boy was definitely indulging. And yeah, he had a lot of hype, you know, coming in he was, did, yeah. he, before that he played with, uh, I think it was Nuggets, the, the Knicks, the Knicks. And you know, he was, he was killing it with the Knicks and he also played with the Nuggets. I believe he was also killing it there. Mm. And you know, it looked like he, he had a promising, you know, career going on. And then those three months, he kind of just went on this very crazy eating habit and next thing you know he's on the court and i'm like is that raymond felton it doesn't look like it but right. that it's this big raymond felton ate raymond felton yeah, right yeah. i was like there's, there's two basketballs on the court which one is the one where he's shooting in the hoop <laughs> now nah, it was it's just one of those situations where there was a lot of a lot of hype and hope for him and we needed a point guard at the time and uh it just like he just kind of dropped the ball and wasn't in a in a way of just like he just didn't have a good year, but it, it seemed like he didn't really care. Yeah. And that's really okay. what got and, to the fans here. Yeah, and then you know, like the whole fan situation, he kind of whiplashed back at the fans and wanted to try to fight the fans. <laughs> and so, you know, it went kind of both really? ways. Yeah. It got kind of ugly. It got kind of ugly He's, up here. Yeah. It, it's a the the feelings are mutual between Portland and, and Raymond Felton, so <laughs> It sounds like it, and I can assure you, just uh, present day Raymond Felton, uh, his dietary uh, plan hasn't changed one bit. So <laughs> I don't know if it was just uh, a Portland thing or just kind of a, a new decade for Raymond Felton. But yeah, it's uh, he's still Captain Thick down in Oklahoma City. Gotcha. Well, he's got a nice seat on the pine there. He's not starting. That's good. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly. a whole different story. <laughs> Let's move forward into our our keys for the first round. Uh, Rob, let's start out with you, uh, your keys to an Oklahoma city first round victory. Sure. So I think always with the thunder, uh, that their defensive priority is kind of the, the calling card for the franchise. And I know they've done a relatively good job in defending the blazers so far this year, but like we touched on earlier, you know, they have left them open for plenty of open looks, whereas Portland hasn't been able to convert. So I think defending the three-point line is of utmost importance to the Thunder here. Mm. That includes getting back in transition, not allowing uh, you know the inevitable Westbrook turnovers to lead to open threes and transition points. Um, and all this year that the Blazers are shooting 28.6% from three against the Thunder. And uh, like we said multiple times, you know a lot of that can be attributed to missing open shots, I don't think that's a true barometer. That 28.6 is the how well the Thunder has been defending the three against the Blazers. Um, another key is just sticking with that defensive priority. Uh, it's got to stop dribble penetration. I know that Dame is averaging 35 a game against the Thunder this year, mm -hmm. but just shooting 25% from three. Um, 
you know, Oklahoma has to use their length defensively without fouling. And I know that second-year man, uh, Terrence Ferguson, their starting shooting guard, is kind of prone to early foul trouble. So I think that's a good way where the Blazers can attack him and try to get him in early foul trouble. Um, and then, you know, kind of the wild card with McCollum, we don't know how that knee is going to hold up. Um, I know he's played two games this week with less than stellar results, kind of easing him back for the playoffs he's, here. He's not on minute so restrictions he, either, so he, he should be good to going go. Going forward, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's good for you guys. Um, another key I got for the Thunder, as I'm sure anybody who's been watching the Thunder over the years will echo this. It's, uh, it's no secret. I think the Thunder are going to attack Ennis Cantor in pick and roll. Uh, mm-hmm. Being that Cantor played for the Thunder for three years, I think we all know about his shortcomings on the defensive end. And um, uh, it's important for you know Russ and Paul George to you know get him in space, attack that mismatch, and then force Portland to pack the paint and create corner threes and open looks for their shooters like Ferguson and Jeremy Grant. Uh, Ferguson shooting thirty six point six percent from three this year and. Jeremy Grant has seen his three-point shooting skyrocket. He's shooting 39% this year from three. So it's important for them to manufacture quality looks by attacking Canner. Um, you know, this year the Thunder are shooting 39% from three versus Portland. So I think that the opportunities are certainly there for, you know, generating quality looks. Uh, but I also think that can be a bit of a blessing and a curse for Oklahoma if they become too reliant on just attacking Cantor. Uh, you know, the Thunder, whether it be going back to the Westbrook and Durant days, they've developed these bad habits of kind of stagnant, your turn, my turn, half-court offense. Yeah. And I think that certainly is a recipe for disaster. Like I said, if they become too reliant on, you know, getting Canner and mismatches and forcing them to pick and roll. So something to watch. And then my last kind of, Big key you can't really quantify in a box score for the Thunder is uh, just, you know, you can't get caught up in being extra. Now, I say that to say this. Like, last year against the Jazz, Ricky Rubio and Joe Ingles, like, just pitched tents in Westbrook's and Paul George's heads last year. And I remember after game three of their series, uh, Westbrook had a quote saying something like, you know, I'm going to shut that shit off next game after Rubio's game three triple double. Mm-hmm. And the year before Patrick Beverly, same sort of agitator when he was playing with Houston kind of got in Westbrook's head. And I know that that was the big historic, you know, first triple double year for Russ. But um, if it becomes uh, a Westbrook versus Lillard matchup, and that's kind of a defining aspect of that series, I think that significantly favors Portland just because of Dame's overall composure and his ability to kind of withstand those big moments. Whereas Westbrook, you really don't know what you're going to get. You're going to get good, bad, or good Russ, bad Russ. So I think if Portland has those agitators that can get under Russ, I think he's susceptible to succumbing to those moments. So the question I have is, does Portland have those kind of agitators? Well, uh, one guy that comes to mind as an agitator would be Nurkic, and we all know he's not going to be playing. But uh, right. 
we did hear something. He was at the practice facility facility today to uh, just be with the guys. So there's a chance he might be on the bench tomorrow. And I want to see it because he's a chirper. You know, he he's one of those guys that could just say something every every time Westbrook's coming by the bench and just maybe getting his head that way. Uh, but as far as guys on the floor, I don't know, Chris, who who would you say would be an agitator? Maybe Collins? Um Maybe Collins. I do like him being the agitator for Russell because Zach, he has that little edge to him, you know, that, that could get under Russ's skin. So that's something to look for. Um, but you're definitely right uh, that you never know what type of Russ that you're going to get. You know, either he's going to be all out aggressive, going for triple doubles or just shoot, shooting your guys out of the game, you know, going like exactly. not, nine mm-hmm. for 32 or something crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that, that is a good point. And I, I want to add that. I mean, it's not just the players that Westbrook gets in, you know, uh, collusions with. He's got, mm. you got the fans, you got the refs and that's coaches. Every, yeah, coaches. Mm-hmm. That's every time with the Westbrook, you never know who he's trying to fight with. It doesn't have to be our players. It can just be, you know, like well, that fan at Utah, you know, that got him all rattled right. up. I might fight that and, fan too, though. Yeah, I would probably <laughs> fight sure. that fan too. Yeah, hopefully we can avoid that. <laughs> right. But, uh, I mean, we, we won't have yeah, that kind of fan. But, right. But, you know, like that's, that's how he is, though. There's something in his head that just he needs, he needs that no matter what. And that's always not, that's not even an X factor. That's, that's not a variable. That's, in, that's a constant that Westbrook has. So but some yeah, guys are like that. You know? We've been seeing that. Some guys need that like internal, they, yeah. they need to have that something to fight to get them going the edge where other guys, and then, and we talked about this earlier. It was like, it's like fire and ice between Lillard and Westbrook. Like one guy needs, he needs the fire to, to fuel him. Whereas the other guy thrives by, by, you know, shutting everything right. out of his head and being calm. But that's what makes Russell great right. though. That's, yeah, you know, for sure. He's the first guy to average a triple double in three straight seasons. Like yeah, without yeah. that edge, you don't have that. You don't have that historic fact. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's nothing. Nothing taken away from his game. It's just different, different mentality and different like approaches to the game. Oh, mm. uh, and I think here in Portland, at least the the uh, the Lillard Lillard approach really s- sticks with the community and everybody around you know Rip City because that's kind of mindset here. Uh, but uh, Wang Wang, what's what's one of your keys for this uh, first round if for the Blazers to win this? Uh, it would be our pick and roll. Uh, Dame's offense or defense? Offense. Okay. So Dame scores 1.08 uh, points per possession as a pick and roll ball handler. And I know Nurk was a big factor in that. But I was looking at some numbers, and apparently Zach Collins, uh, when he plays pick and roll with them, mm-hmm. is, is, is like one of the top pick and roll ball handling uh, duos. Um, also... OKC has a 0.79 per possession on pick and roll ball handling, and that's the second best in league. So that's that's something that we need to uh, figure out. We got the what's top five. Give? Yeah, what's going to give? We got the top five offense versus the top five defense. So that's a very interesting interesting aspect um, that I thought. And can we actually be able to uh, you know utilize our strength? And is OKC going to utilize their strength on that? Mm-hmm. That that was a pretty deep cut on those stats. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like it too. Oh, uh, Chris, what about you? What you got? Oh, uh, well, my keys. I got two keys. Uh, the first one is going to be the size of the fight in the dog. You know, Dame said earlier in the week. Every time he sees he sees Russ, and I quote, "When Russ sees me, and when I see him, it's two dogs fighting." 
So with this, it's it's the size of the fight and the dog. Mm-hmm. Who wants it more? You know, not just with those two guys, but with the rest of the team. You know, our bench play against Thunder's bench play. And my second key is going to be that unsung hero. You know, who's going to be that guy to step up um, in place of Nurk? You know, hopefully we'll have Canner. Um, but I do see like a layman. Mm-hmm. And a, a hood stepping in because we we never we have we play what two games against Thunder with Hood you know so I don't know what the scouting report is for the Thunder on Hood but you know they might have to do some more homework so yeah and he's been like as of late he's been playing way better right like early on he was still finding his fit I also want to add um, I don't the last time we played you guys was March seventh correct. Um, Curry's yeah. yeah Curry's been on a uh, like a tear with the three point like his yeah, three yeah, point possession and that's something that will definitely add to you know upping our three point game especially since we're mm-hmm. shooting 28% against you guys yeah, that, yeah just that, horrible that, that just 28% horrible. against yeah. the Thunder that's cringeworthy so. especially for a team that's you know usually is a good shooting team yeah um, I got right. one though for me personally it's kind of like uh, that next man up mentality of you know CJ is is you know 85%, Nurk's out. So, you know, that puts Cantor in the starting lineup. He's going to have to be consistent first of all. CJ and Lillard are going to have to do their thing. Assuming those three things happen, I think every night it doesn't have to be multiple guys, but every night we out of Mo, Aminu, Curry, Hood and Collins, one of those guys has to have a good night. And I'm not talking like 10 points and, you know, eight rebounds. I mean like 18, 20 points. If one of those guys can come in with a game like that each night, it doesn't even have to be the same guy back to back. But if Mo has a good game one and Curry shoots the lights out in game two, something like that, that's the key for me. Uh, because we definitely, without Nurk, we need that third guy to be you know, be a factor, which we don't really have a consistent third factor right now. Right. And so I think it's going to have to be by committee of just a different guy every night, whoever it is, however the style. And uh, Rob, you know, going back to my point of having an unsung hero on your guys' team, uh, for you guys, I think Dennis Schroeder and Jeremy Grant, those are two guys that aren't really talked about. And um, I think that's something that us as Blazers that we have to look out for. What What are your takes on um, those two guys? Well, I completely agree. Um, for a vast majority of the second half of the season, uh, Dennis Schroeder's been playing you know, fairly inconsistent. So uh, I know in Minneapolis last Sunday, uh, Schroeder scored the first 12 first fourth quarter points for the Thunder and this team just goes to a different level when they have that sort of scoring punch from shooter off the bench. Mm-hmm. And to touch on your other point about Jeremy Grant, um, I couldn't agree more. Um, I know I that Grant. a lot of folks in Oklahoma City were pretty enamored with Patrick Patterson, and they were mm-hmm. expecting him to bring some sort of production that just simply wasn't there. Right. And um, I've been banging the Jeremy Grant, excuse me, the Jeremy Grant drum all season with his defensive flexibility and his ability to kind of create for himself off the dribble. And the fact that he's shooting 39% this year from three, it's just, I know Paul George kind of refers to him as the ultimate X factor. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. Those two guys, when they're playing well for the Thunder, they, uh, they take that team to a different level. Is, is Jeremy Grant, he, did you say he creates off his shot? Cause I was watching a couple games. It's, it seemed like he was kind of like a, just a three and D guy where he just like sh- gets the ball open on the side and he sh- shoots. But, the he, but he'll, he'll get his own bucket though. Like he, he knows how to create like two dribbles, pull up. Okay. 
I, yeah, I, I, I watched a small sample of his game. I mean, I think it's okay. But That's why we got the kind of uh, Thunder of expert here. Cephalosha, <laughs> yeah. Right, no, but you're, no, you're absolutely right. I was just saying in comparison to Patrick Patterson. Oh, yeah, that guy, for like, sure. Wasn't I mean, capable of doing anything off the dribble, whereas right. Jeremy Grant has the at least the threat of right. using his length yeah, and yeah. creating off the dribble and getting to the paint. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're not going to funnel their offense through him by any means. But yeah, he's for the most part a 3 and D guy, but he is capable of doing a few things off the dribble as well. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, I got, I got a question now. I want to talk about some individual players. Now we talked about keys as a team, but I want to get into some little, some individual matchups a little bit. We already covered Dame and Westbrook pretty well. Uh, feel free to bring them in and bring them up if you guys want. But what I want to know is we've heard a lot of stuff this, these last couple of days here in Portland, uh, doing, during our research, we heard a lot of stuff about Paul George and his shoulder, his shooting shoulder, no less. What's the latest on that uh, that you've heard? No, yeah, I mean, that's that's a viable concern. Uh, I know that shortly after the All-Star break, he was forced to miss a handful of games. I think he mm-hmm. injured it uh, during that double overtime thriller against Utah where he hit the game winner over Gobert. But, um, yeah, I think he missed the next few games right after that. It's kind of been this ongoing issue throughout the entire second half. You know, he sat... Uh, the last regular season game against Milwaukee. And I think that was just for, you know, preparation for the playoffs here. But yeah, that's kind of like McCollum. You know, there's going to be some concerns with his durability and his health. So it's something to monitor throughout the series, no doubt about it. And has has Paul George had issues? Because I didn't realize that that happened so much earlier in the season. I thought it was just within the last couple of weeks. Uh, but has he had issues with that shoulder in the past, like in previous years? I don't believe so. I, I could be mistaken, but I just, you know, I would didn't really follow him too closely in mm-hmm. Indiana. And I don't recall. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, issues. Yeah, I kind of just meant like during his, I, I should have specified a little more. I, sh- I just was thinking like his last couple years in OKC. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's that's an issue, you know, for a, a guy who's such a prolific shooter, a guy who is such a good defender, like running through screens with the shoulder, you know, leading with the shoulder, trying to get through. Uh, that could go south real quick. Um, but like you said, McCollum is dealing with his own thing with his with his knee, with a ball handler, a guy that likes to do crossovers, and he's kind of like real shifty with with his style of play. Having a a bum knee is a big deal as well. Oh. It's just different injuries, but different players. Uh, what do you, Chris Wang? Uh, how do how do you guys feel? Um, I think with, with the Paul George injury, I think it's just like a little ploy, you know. Throw that out there before the matchup to like put our guards up a little bit or, or down, whatever you want to take it. But Paul George is still one of the best two way players, like no doubt about it. Even if he's not at a hundred percent, he's still a threat. Um, he handles the ball. He's 6'9", created his own shot. He could create shots for others. Defensively, you know, he could switch one through three. So I think this injury, I think he's fine. You know, I think it's <laughs> something that, you know, OKC's taking a little playbook from the NFL, you know, like, oh, game, yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's all about head games at this point. 
Um, I'm not a, I was never a big Paul George fan until these past two years with OKC. Mainly one was the fact that I didn't really watch the Pacers play a lot. And two, he didn't really take them that far into the playoffs. But I do think his injury is actually, it's a real thing. I mean, you can see his numbers drop the past, uh, two months. Uh, he was averaging before that he was in the month of February, he was averaging 35 points and yeah, that's, that's like MVP, of course, numbers. And then after that, he's his numbers dropped by nine points. He's shooting 5% less. His rebounds went down by a couple. So I do think this injury is huge. Um, and you can just, I don't know. I haven't, like I said, I haven't watched a bunch of OKC games like you have, Rob. But I do think this is this is um, something to actually take into a factor. I know against that thun- uh, the Houston game, he shot only 36%, but he also made that big, big three. So... Yeah, that was a huge shot towards the end of that game. And yeah, and I do want to add also, uh, Paul George and Westbrook both are top ten um, defensive players, and they they are top ten in deflections uh-huh. um, per game. And uh, that's something maybe you need to take into factor too. How aggressive he's going to play on defense with that sh- hurt shoulder. Hey man, when I was coaching high school basketball, one of the things I always said before every game: deflections matter. Yeah. Even right. if you don't get it. It's in their head. Next time they're throwing that pass, it's in their head. Deflections are a big part of the game, even if it doesn't lead to an immediate turnover. Uh, let's move on to the bench, though. Uh, CJ McCollum's coming back, so that means Hood, Layman, Curry, whoever was the starter of the day can move back to the bench, which is going to give us that much more depth. Uh, we already talked about you know somebody needing to step up every day. Curry's on a nice tear right now. Uh Rob, what do you think? And if you got any questions about our bench guys, feel free to ask. Uh, but what? How do you? How would you compare OKC's bench to Portland's bench? Well, I probably have some questions about the Portland bench. I know Rodney and Curry are kind of the big perimeter guys coming off the bench for you. Um, but in comparison to Oklahoma City's, I think this is the first time and arguably ever where the Thunder have had where you can say they've had a strong bench with guys like Markeith Morris, Nerlens Noel, Dennis Schroeder. So those are, you know, impact players, whereas Schroeder and Markeith, you know, they've played in big time playoff games. So um, I think it just adds another layer of strength to the Thunder in this matchup. So I know that, you know, Canner's been forced into this starter's role with the loss of Nurkic. So it'll be interesting to see if Collins, I mean, does uh, Myers Leonard still get any clock or is he kind of out of the, is he just a regular season rotation guy? He's more regular. I don't, I don't foresee him being in the postseason rotation unless we needed a, a, a stretch big for some situation or if we needed him to take a couple fouls, but I don't see him getting any significant run. Yeah. Five minutes max. Okay. Yeah. But the the Morris situation, uh, you think he's going to be a factor, Marquise? I think so. In, in spurts, I think yeah. he's capable. He's a big quality stretch four. He uh, he brings some defensive flexibility, and uh, I think his playoff he experience is, yeah. will do wonders. And uh, yeah, I think he's a he's a big piece. With- I don't think they're going to ask a whole lot of him. Right. But uh, 15, 17 minutes, I think he can be a reliable contributor. Yeah, it looks like he's averaging 16 minutes uh, per game with you guys and averaging six points. Um, but to add on to that, uh, we were talking, this is probably one of our first podcasts of the year. Um, we played, when he played with the Wizards, he 
killed us. He was picking, mm-hmm. popping those threes and just, that's how the Wizards beat us that the, the first time we played them. Yeah, mm-hmm. not to mention is, is uh, he pulled Curry's shorts on the sideline, oh, yeah. which should have oh, got yeah. him teed oh, up. Yes. Right. <laughs> He's <laughs> always had it out. For it. He's, uh, I mean, last year was the same thing with Wizards. Last season, it was a game earlier in the year where he stepped out of bounds and they didn't call it. Wizards end up scoring on the possession and winning the game. Uh, so it, he's always had that little like a uh, little bit of voodoo against Portland. So well, we're still a little salty about him. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye yeah, on him. He's a guy that plays with some edge. Yeah, uh, there better be a camera on him in case he's pulling more shorts. Though I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, Curry, though, I mean to be fair, Curry needs, needed to freak out. I mean he did oh, yeah. turn around, but you it was gotta, too nonchalant. You got to sell that. Yeah, one. you got to sell that. What you that. doing, man? You know? I mean, half the you know, NBA, it's about selling fouls. So exactly. if a guy does something like that, you got to just drop the shorts completely. <laughs> I would have I would have helped him pull them down. I mean, like, I didn't do this. So, All right. Well, go, yeah. ahead. go ahead, Chris. Oh, no. So with the uh, series starting tomorrow at uh, 1230 here in Portland, what are your predictions for the series, uh, Rob? Who? What? What's the final outcome, man? Well, I'm still... I got some questions about McCollum's knee. I know that mm-hmm. he's played the two games this week and you know, he's shooting less than stellar. I think it's like 30% from the floor and mm-hmm. maybe 20% from three and to throw him into a big time series like this with uh, it's going to be a physical grind it out type series against two teams that don't, you know, they're not too fond of each other. Right. So I, I got a big question mark on McCollum. Um, you know, obviously the loss of Nurkic is a devastating blow for the Blazers. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I think the home court's going to be a huge factor. Obviously the Thunder have to split one of these two. I think they can just with the amount of injuries that the Blazers have. Okay. So I, I got the, I'm sorry. I got the Thunder in six. Oh, you guys. The th- Thunder in six, man. Uh, um, me personally, I, I see this going seven games. I see seven, uh, going seven games. If, um, you well, know, like you said, yeah. So what you saying, Thunder, you know, splitting the game here in Portland, I think we could do the same thing in OKC. And then going back and forth, um, us having home court advantage, I think that comes into play yeah. that seventh game. And, you know, anything can happen, but, you know, I, I'm going to be a Blazer faithful and say Blazers in seven. Yeah. I mean, if if they if they split the, you know, the home home and aways, mm-hmm. one and one each, then it's a three-game series. Exactly. And, you know, a lot can change there because maybe somebody gets banged up between now and then. Right. And you never know. You never, you just never know with these things. So what do you have, Boyd? How? Uh, I mean, I am a Blazer fan, and everything I've seen this year with hearing how Dame's approaching this, off-season, this postseason, I know the Nurkic thing changed my thinking and the way I'm thinking about the it playoffs. Does, but wait, wait, Cantor... You know he's a and, solid starting five. Yeah, for yeah, a lot he of has teams. A, he has a little bit of a you know defensive issue, but uh, I think at least his time in Portland, he has shown that he's committed to playing a little bit better defense. He's mm. still going to be a target, obviously, right. uh, but I don't think he's quite as bad as he's been in the past mm. on on that end of the floor. And so as long as he can keep getting twenty and ten and not being a complete liability on the defensive end, I think. That that's good for us. Uh, I'm saying Blazers in seven. I just think it's going to come down every game. I think it's going to be pretty close. Uh, but I just see Dame game seven at home and just being like, you know, 
everybody's been tarnishing my name and pulling right. me through the dirt all year long. This is time to prove something. And I see him just going off. Right. And we fought for that home court. So it has to come into play this year. Um, I got Blazers. And that's what's great about this series is that, uh, you know, both of these franchises are in desperate need of getting out of the first round. Exactly. Yeah. So whether it's going to be the Thunder or Blazers, yeah, it's a, it's a high-pressure series for both teams, no doubt about it. Because I'm, I'm going to keep it real. Last year when you guys lost to Utah, you know, I was a little surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought um, you guys would pull that out. Even, you know, that being the first year for Paul George, uh, right. being in Oklahoma. To like be I, fair, though, yeah. to be fair, a lot of people were surprised that we lost to you. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we, <laughs> Maybe we won't, even to a, a we higher won't degree. talk about that one. Uh, it was just a bad matchup. But um, no way. OKC, it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure on you guys, too, as well, you mm-hmm. know, to get out the first round, especially with Russell having... No question. Where we're Russell having great years, you know, the past three years and signing of Paul George. And like you said earlier, like you guys have a good bench. So I, it, it's a lot of pressure. So. And Wayne? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, uh, Boyd and Chris have said a lot of the points that I was going to say. I do want to add the fact that this um, ABC, the game's on ABC on Sunday at 1230 p.m. You know, it's nationally televised. Uh, even the pundits agree that this is like one of the biggest um, games to watch mm-hmm. in the first round. And that's something, you know, Dame Dame's all about. He's ready to show out, not just in the Portland community, but he's ready to show out for everyone that's nationally, watching. Nationally. Yeah. yeah, on a national scale. And so I got the Blazers in six. <laughs> in six. Okay. Right here's uh, here's a, another another little piece we didn't even touch on. Uh, and there's probably some guys in OKC that are in a similar situation, but look at Cantor. You look at Cantor and you look at uh, Aminu, and be- both those guys are up for a contract. Right. I mean, Seth, you can even add Seth in there too. But, uh, you know, those guys are going to be playing for their next contract. Oh, yeah. And they can't afford to come out and, you know, just, just drop the ball or, or you know, just have a, a an average or below average series. Those guys are playing for... You know, their future. a lot of money. Yeah. So, I mean, that that does come into play. And so that should be beneficial. You know, maybe we us. can have a, like a Minu against the Clippers a couple of years back. When, right. You know, I know that Clippers had some injuries there, but Aminu really stepped up. He averaged like 20 points a game in that yeah. series. And uh, so if, if some guy like that can take his next step or Curry putting his foot down and being like, I'm going to make four threes a game, mm. uh, that, can, that can swing the series. Is there any guys on OKC? That are in a, in that position. Uh, Nerlens Noel is. I think he's got a player option, mm-hmm. and then I believe Marquise is also up for a contract. So yeah, like like those guys you mentioned before, you know, they are going to have ample opportunity to you know get that big paycheck come July first. Mm. All right. So I, going back to our predictions real quick, you said uh, Thunder in. Six games, correct? Yes. So you think they're you think they're going to be able to uh, pull more than one game out of uh, out of Portland, or just one game? Well, I'm going to start with game. You know, the first two in Portland, they got to split there. Honestly, mm-hmm. if they they come out of that zero and two, it's a whole different ball game. But I think they can split one of the two. Just a matter of which one. Mm-hmm. 
If they come out 0-2, we, we are definitely calling you back next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you said. And right. feel free to hit us up on Twitter if it goes the other way. <laughs> hey, absolutely, man. That's what we're here for. So if we split the first two or don't, let's say we go – or no, yeah, if we split the first two and the second – what is it? It's two games in Oklahoma. You're saying – that Oklahoma wins those back-to-back or will they'll win another one on the road out of those last three games? I mean, if, if you get the split that you crave, if you're the Thunder, I mean, you have to rely just like Portland in the Rose Garden. You, these are two teams that thrive at home. They do. They you do. have to expect to win your home games just like you guys or the Blazers should expect to win both. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, one of these teams is going to have to win on the road. And Oklahoma, I think just because of the way they've been playing of late, they've won five in a row. Uh, they're relatively healthy outside of Paul George's shoulders. I think obviously the Blazers with the loss of Nurkic and the question mark with McCollum. I just think that uh, the Blazers have had a little more misfortune than the Thunder have up to this point. Okay. You know, Rob, uh, I know you're a Thunder fan. And that's a hot topic here in Portland uh, anytime you come across a Thunder fan. But I got to say, you earned a little bit of respect in my book because you mentioned the Rose Garden and not <laughs> right. the Moda Center. <laughs> oh, it's always the Rose Garden. I mean, I, always. Like, I even know always. the difference. It's always been the Rose Garden for me. Hell exactly. yeah. Hey, that's, exactly. That's how Hell it is. Yeah. That's how exactly. it is. Just keep it like that. We've got an ally in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, Rob, real quick, uh, can you remind our listeners where they can find your content? Because I know a lot of our listeners are going to want to be checking up on Thunder information. Yeah, so uh, I'm on Twitter at RobBob17. And then uh, your uh, your fan site, too? Yeah, that's at UpTheThunder. And then uh, we also write for uh, at the Daily, or I'm sorry, at Daily Thunder. Daily Thunder. And you guys got like a, a website or anything like that you want to plug? Yep. DailyThunder.com. All right. So, yeah, listeners, if you want to get any insider information on our matchup this this first round, make sure you check out his websites and uh, Twitter pages to get that info. Rob, we want to thank you for being on with us. Uh, we'll probably be chatting with you soon. Uh, hopefully this can, game or this uh, series can stretch out to seven. And we'll have a, an even more interesting conversation next week. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'd love to come back and we can circle back after about a week or so. For sure, bro. For sure. Well, anyway, uh, good luck up there in Minnesota in that, uh, those uh, blizzards. Yeah. yeah, man. Stay warm, man. <laughs> I gotta, we're going to need it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully your cable doesn't go out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I got a, I got a cousin that lives up there. Um, she works out there, and she sent me a Snapchat, and it's it's a blizzard, man. I said, "This is April, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? you know, this it's April, April, and you guys are getting that much snow." I was like, "That's crazy." Final right. four was just here in Minneapolis, and I was meeting with some fans from Lubbock, and they were all just saying, "Oh, I can't believe how warm it is!" Like I said, "Well, hopefully, flying <laughs> out by Tuesday." Because come Wednesday, you're going to get that regular Minnesota blizzard. So get right. the hell out while you can. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. But it was good talking to you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, for yeah, sure. Thank you. All right, so that was Rob Searles from Up the Thunder on Twitter. That's at Up the Thunder. 
Guys, one thing I want to talk about just for a quick sec is uh, the Paul George thing. Uh, I was under the impression that it was more of a recent injury, like like within the two, last two weeks or something, because I hadn't really heard about it. I saw him with the tape on his shoulder and stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess I just didn't connect the dots. But uh, from what he was saying, it sounds like it's been going on for over a month now. And if that's the case and it's still bothering him to the point where, you know, he sat out the last game of the year, which again, you know, Dame and CJ saw saw the last game. So that's not a huge indicator, but yeah, yeah, you see him in his press conference and he's talking about like, yeah, you know, it hurts uh, if it gets hit the wrong way, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it sounds to me, and I know Chris, you probably disagree with me on this, but it sounds to me like it's at, at least in my mind, a bigger issue than I originally thought. You go through a, one bad screen, one hard Collins, you know, Zach Collins pick and roll, and he could be out for a quarter or, you know, half mm-hmm. a game or something, come back in and it's too late. Oh, but you you don't you don't feel that way, right? I don't, man. Um like even yeah, he's been shooting kind of down like after what all star break or a little bit of in March. Yeah. But even though like the last five, six, seven games, like his shooting percentages ha- have gone up a little bit. Like, yeah, Wayne, can you pull some stats, Wayne? I know you're the statistician of the group. But um with Paul George, I think uh, you know, he's gonna play no matter what. Like even if it is a lingering injury or whatever. But I think this year, um, it's it's all or nothing for them, man, because just like us last year, they got knocked out of the first round of playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe, maybe you know, Blazers do test that shoulder out a little bit. You know, I run, would run him through a couple screens. I definitely, you would. know, through Zach and and Cantor and see how he reacts. You know, not nothing, you know, egregious or vicious. Yeah, yeah. You know, but just test him out a little bit and see, see what he game. has. You know, it's part you, of the game. If you know somebody has, you know, their right ankle wraps, you're gonna drive that way every right. time. So you know, make him work. If he if he's on the floor. That means he's comfortable with whatever happens. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's out here trying to hurt anybody. Right, just playing hard physical basketball. Oh, I mean, through the month of March and April, Paul George is averaging around twenty six points, shooting at a forty percent clip, thirty five percent, and the three point line, and then he's averaging around eight rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. So. You know, like I was saying earlier, he's still Paul George. Yeah, he's still PG, <laughs> he's man. Still, he's still PG, but that those January and February months where he was, if you average the January and February months, he was averaging 32 a game. Okay. And he was shooting 45% Ooh, and okay. 41% at three. Right. And, you know, averaging still eight rebounds. Well, yeah. So he, he I mean, he the was. The shoulder in, does do something a little bit. You it can, does. Especially play. on your shooting side. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think um, come tomorrow, man, Sunday, he's we'll ready to out. hoop. Yeah. And, you know, even. An all-star level PG is still something to look out for. Level you know, PG. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, still an all-star. Like I said earlier, he's one of the best two-way players in the game. You know, even yeah. if he's at eighty percent, you know. Yeah, and this this series might come down to you know two guys coming off injury and mm-hmm. plays better. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're not matched up against each other, but CJ and and George. If, they're they're number two guys, you know. If one guy averages twenty five, one guy averages twenty, yeah, that could be the difference in the series. Exactly. Oh, oh. Uh, CJ, he's only had two games back. They've been you know minute restricted, kind of ho hum type games. So we need him to get back to like early season. You know, dropping what right. did he have like forty or fifty on Milwaukee? Yeah, I don't know, it was something. It was it was way up there, and and that was a game nobody expected. Yeah, nobody saw that coming. So hopefully he can have one or two of those games against the Thunder. Our last question here. We're we're about to wrap up. Uh, we didn't talk about X factors. 
So let's just for the listeners, we're going to cut out Dame, CJ and Cantor because obviously they got to show up every night if we're going to be competitive. So take those three out of the equation. Who's your X factor? Wang, let's start with you. I'm going to have to go with Sam Morai. Sam Morai. <laughs> he better be wearing the he better be wearing the headband, headband man. He's uh, had the the three or four games. I think he played three games um against OKC. Mm-hmm. He's had quiet nights where he's averaging like two points, five points. One of them he he had a egg, a goose egg. Oof. So, um and then then the fact that he's happened he's going to have to guard Paul George. Yeah. And a know, lot's going to be asked that's, of him. And you know, and a lot should be expected too. He's uh, one of our better uh, defensive players. Mm-hmm. So um, him able to, you know, try to get in PG's face, um, just trying to nag him any way he can possible is what I think will be huge and key to um, and my X factor for the mm-hmm. series. Yeah, and because like when he's on, we win those games. Yep. Like I don't think there's been a game where he, you know, just had one of his 20 point nights that we lost like mm-hmm. that's a huge thing because no one expects it it's just it's like an added benefit right uh, chris who you got as your x factor um i have two x factors with hood and layman but i'm gonna go with jake man gonna go like, with jake. you know i heard a couple reports you know stas is gonna go with that nine-man rotation shorten it up tighten it up yeah right and that's gonna leave jake that being the odd man out but mm-hmm. Like, it's facts, man. Like, when Jake comes in the game, he's bringing that energy. You know, mm-hmm. that's something that we're going to need against uh, with OKC because they're going to bring it no matter what. And, like, earlier when I was saying is it's that fighting the dog, you know. And with Layman, he's just going to bring that extra energy. He's got nothing to lose. He has nothing to lose, man. Like, this is his best year. Yeah. Um, you know, his confidence is showing and is growing throughout the year. Um, he had a couple double-digit games um, against the Thunder. He had 17 in one of them. Yeah, he had 17. I mean, granted, we still team. lost or whatever, but... It was a competitive know, game. It's a competitive game. It wasn't he game. got 17 in a blowout. Right. It was, you, you know, know, an eight-point game or something. It was um 17 points that, you know, that means something. So it wasn't yeah, an empty exactly. game. So I'm going to go with Layman, man. I think he, he, he has to step it up. And like you talk about his energy, mm-hmm. sometimes in playoff games, they get real tight into like a half-court style game on mm-hmm. both ends. And having a guy that's just moving and slashing all the time, exactly. that can kind of break out of that and get the pace and the tempo going, mm-hmm. which can benefit the Blazers. Uh, for me, though, I'm going to go with the other guy you mentioned, Rodney Hood. Okay. Because Damon CJ, everybody in the league knows what they're capable of. Any team, we saw it last year in the playoffs, but any team that's going to come play Portland, their whole thing is take these two guys out of it. Mm-hmm. But now we got a third guy who can dribble and create his own shot. Mm-hmm. And he's 6'8". He's a lefty, so he's a little bit right. uh, not more difficult. but Unorthodox. You, you have to something. think about it differently. Yeah. You're used to everyone wanting to drive right. Now you got this guy. you got to yeah. play him the other way. I think that's an advantage. You know, playing against lefties – in my life, it's always been a little bit more difficult because you just have to you think. you got to think more. Yeah. You exactly. run up to him and you think, close out on the right. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, I got to close out on the left. But that half second, he's already taken his exactly. dribble. Exactly. So. Oh, but I think he can be an X factor if he can have 15 points a game uh, average in the series. We win. We win the mm-hmm. series. Oh, that's that's my take on that. Oh, what? With that said... I know we got our 12:30 game coming tomorrow Sunday, uh the 14th. But let's go ahead and wrap that up for us today. I want to remind all our listeners real quick, 
about our viewing party, uh, viewing parties for home games. We're going to be posted up at Spirit of 77. You can catch us there. Look out for the guys in the Blazer Gang t-shirts. Like I said in the intro, if you haven't been there for a game, it's really the best atmosphere besides being inside the arena itself. It's only like three blocks away Mm -hmm. and it gets loud in there. Uh, For the away games, we'll be at Alberta Abbey. They got their own theater in there. I don't know how many it seats, but it's got to be over 100. It's a pretty big place. We're going to pack it out, man. We're going to pack it out. Oh, yeah. That's 126 Northeast Alberta Street in Portland. Flamin' Hibachi Food Truck will be there uh, with some food. I can't remember the whole menu, but I know one thing. They will have fried Oreos. So... I've like, never had one before. Oh, bro. First one's on me. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to try them. I mean, I haven't had them from there, but I've yeah. had them. And there's, it's uh, they're very rich. But if you like sweet stuff, mm. it's, I, it's, I love it's worth a try. I love Oreos. It's worth so, a try. I'll say right. that. Um, but yeah, you guys can catch us at Al- Alberta Abbey for the away games. Please, please come out to that. Uh, we might have some, some merchandise to give out or something. Uh, but stay tuned on that. You can find all the information on our social media pages. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for that reason. A lot of news coming out this week. Uh, stay tuned on uh, check up on blazergonian.com. Our writers will be putting out extra work for this playoffs uh, season. Visit Cultural Blends at the Lloyd Center if you want to get some shirts and you can't make it to the event at Abbey. Uh, hit up hit up cultural blends they got you covered subscribe to our podcast rate us want to give a special uh shout out to rob uh from up the thunder uh, check him out like we said earlier if you want to get some insider knowledge on the thunder that's not quite as biased as it would be here in portland uh that's a good source for you guys shout out young jordan for the music uh check him out on spotify our producers brian and Derek, uh, always keeping everything correct here in the studio henry v events for the all the equipment and everything every weekend they're so gracious to us uh killer burger for keeping us fueled up and as always rip city on the ass gang 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 (laughs) 